You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. I want to give you three definitions of uh, a remedy. First definition is to get rid of something undesirable. To get rid of something undesirable. Second definition the putting of something right. Again, the second definition, the putting or setting of something right. And the final definition that I'm going to be dealing with more so than the first two is... uh, To heal or cure a disorder. To heal or cure a disorder. You have some folks that believe that remedies can only be found through medicine, science, or some other means that a means that men have have came up with. But the primary source of curing, healing, and so forth is God. We have to believe that. We, we have to believe that God is the primary source when it, when it comes to providing a remedy. You got to believe that. Because in our day and times, uh, people include saints. Not all saints, but some saints have, have stopped believing that God is the source for providing a remedy to whatever ails you or whatever you may be dealing with in reference to to life. The world system has has actually programmed folks to believe that, that they have to depend on Remedies that they provide. And sadly, you have folk in the church and outside of the church that believe it. I said, sadly, you have folk in the church and outside the church that believe it. Should we ignore scientific? And uh, other remedies? No. Not as long as we are being led by 
God. But to put such before him is a sin. Because you're not operating in faith. And the Bible says whatsoever is not from faith is sin. And the wages of sin, mind you, are death. Figuratively, death represents ruin. I said figuratively, death represents ruin. We have to to recognize again that, that God is the source. Everything was created by him. Everything you see uh, physically, even when it comes to our mental makeup, God is the one that caused it to come into being. <laughs> but as free moral agents, we can actually mess, mess up what God has, has given us. Yeah, in scripture you see time and time again God blessing his people, but, but they turn around and they mess up what God gave them. And we don't have to stay in scripture because some of us have that same testimony. It's not a good testimony, but it's a true testimony. God has blessed us with something for, and only for us to mess it up. I still need you to like me tonight even though I'm... Even though I'm teaching something that's touching. Y'all all right? Uh, we have to understand that when it comes to God, that God is the source. He is the one that provides remedies, again, for whatever we may be dealing with, whether physical Financial, emotional, psychological, or of the mind, he provides the remedy, or he has a remedy. You agree? Let me just, let me just back up what I'm saying by, by scripture. Let's go to the book of uh, Psalm, Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Uh, ready? Psalm 107, consider verse 20. He, a God, sent his word and healed them. Gave them a remedy. But notice how he gave them a remedy. The word. The word. You, you are in the Perfect seat to receive a healing. I can't wait till the message over. I'm going to go to the altar and just get pastor to lay hands on me. You don't have to do that. Look at this. He sent. And when God sent his word, how are he going to send it? Through a sent person. Right? He sent his word and it. If you come through the door, and you are in need of a remedy, God can send what you need through the word. If this verse is right. 
If you don't believe it's right, don't even, don't even accept it. But I believe the word. I believe what Jesus said. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not, not what I say. Not my word. I'm going to do what I tell you. I'm going to do, walk. I'm going to do it. I'm going to send forth my word. And it's not going to return unto me empty or void. That's Isaiah 55, right? He's going to make sure his word does exactly what he sent it to do. It's amazing because I was was actually meditating in the bed um, Monday night. Well, Sunday night after after we came and uh, God said, this is what I want you to do Tuesday. I, I, I started trying to remember specifically the scripture, but I couldn't. But he told me specifically what the scripture said. And uh, so I know what I'm giving you right now is what God wants you to have. Wait a minute, hold the claps. Only question is, are you going to receive what's coming forth? Are you going to receive what's coming for? He sent his word and he sent it. He sent it. He sent his word and healed them. God changes Malachi 3 and what? 6. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 and. So the word can heal you. The word. And, and some folks, they just don't accept that. They don't accept that they can, they can just say, that's my word. That's for me right there. And I receive it. I accept it. And just start walking in it. What do you mean walking in it? Just start thinking it. Talking it and doing it. Is opposition going to come? Of course. That's even with, that's even with uh, scientific medicine. A medicine that came from scientific experiments. That you're going you to have opposition. Yeah. But, but what do you do? You keep taking that medicine. Even when you read, it's, it's going to be certain type side effects. Side effects can come, but you keep taking that medicine. You got to use the word the same way. When you know that God sent you a word to heal you, a word that was your remedy, you got to think, talk, and do it despite opposition despite things coming against you trying to tell you is not working see that may be certain medicines literally speaking that don't work but God's word always works I just quoted Matthew 24 and 35 his word is not going to fail it's not going to pass away you agree let's go to the book of Acts let's take it a little bit further the book of Acts Y'all going to stay with me? 
I think I want to go to the book of Acts and the uh, 14th chapter. 14th chapter. Acts chapter 14. I want to start at verse 8. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Notice this, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Man, sitting in the chair, he never walked, but all of a sudden in the chair, I, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk. And Paul, looking at him, could feel his faith. He could feel it. Now, the same way you, you can discern that a person is believing God for something, you can also discern when they're not. I have discerned at the altar laying hands on folk whether they, whether they believed or not. Even tonight, I can discern sections where there's more faith than unbelief. He knew that the man, notice the man had faith. What is faith? Faith is that which causes the impossible to come into being. Faith so powerful is what Jesus said in Mark. Uh, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to stuff. You can speak to mountains. And the mountains will be Move. That's what he said. And see, when we, when we start speaking to certain things that we don't see it on our timetable, we stop speaking. I said we stop speaking or we stop having faith or believing. You, you, you got to live by faith. That means you never stop believing what God promised you can never go by what you see. We, we, know, we know point blank, 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, the things that we see are what? And see represents, yes, literal sight, but it, it also represents experience. You're going to experience things while you're, while you're trusting God for a miracle. You're going to experience good things and you're going to experience not so good things. But no matter what you experience, you got to stay in God's will. You got to continue to think, talk, and do his word. Written and you agree? Notice this. As we continue in Acts 14, I'm going to start over. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. This man, what did he do? Heard. Paul speaking. He heard the word. He heard it. Sitting down, heard the word, just like you are right now. 
Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, didn't lay not one hand, stand up, straight on your feet. And he ain't never walked, but then he leaped and what? Walked. Didn't have to have nobody train him, didn't have to go through no therapy. Didn't have to do like a baby, crawl first. He leaped and walked. Now, you, you have to understand, God, so, sometimes when your word comes forth, uh, your cure will happen immediately. But you can't look at this scripture and, and think, well, mine didn't happen immediately, so I don't guess God wanted me to have. You don't, you, don't got to, you got to rightly divide the word. I have had things that happened to me right away. But then there are some things, it's just going to be a process. But you have to go through the process. You have to keep the faith. And know that, know that God is going to do exactly what he, he said. How many understand? And so, two scriptures. You see that God is a source or the primary source for, for remedies. And we see two things that, that he uses. He sent his word, and then he a person is, he hearing the word, and that word caused his faith to believe that the impossible was possible. Never walk, but when he heard that word, he just got in here, I'm going to walk. When I was broke, poor, and I heard the word, I, I said, man, I'm going to have money. I just said, I'm, I'm going to have money. I said, I'm tired of being broke. I hear folk talking about they live from paycheck to paycheck. I, I wasn't making it that far. I got a check, and then within three or four, I'm gone. You understand what I'm saying? But when I say, man, they give and it shall be good. That's me. That's talking to me right there. And I start giving. Pennies at first. Change and then ain't getting no change no more. But I will get some change. Now don't misunderstand me. I just don't have to get change no more. I know what kind of, I know what I, I have been wanting him to give me and he's been giving. I wanted abundance. So I knew I'm going to have to get to the point where I give a lot of money. Because that's what I want, a lot. Because I want to be blessed and be a blessing. So I need to give a whole lot so I can get a whole lot. You understand what I'm saying? But, but you have to recognize when a word comes that's your remedy. If you're being tormented in your mind, you have to recognize when, when a word comes forth like Philippians 2 and 5, that's, that's it for me. I ain't going to be tormented no more. I'm going to start transforming. I'm going to have the mind of Christ. 
That's my remedy for, for the battle that I've been having in my mind. You got to know when, when your remedy comes forth and embrace it. Amen? And so contextually, James as the brethren. Remember according to James 1, the first few verses, he was talking to folk that had lost everything and had been scattered. They were together, but when persecution came, they had to scatter. They, they were just trying to get out of town before they got killed. That's the simplest way I can put it. They were trying to get out of town before they got killed. And so they were scattered. Some had started back getting established. But there was still some that were going through things. And so you can kind of see the implication of that in the question that he asked. Is any among you suffering? Any among you suffering? Is any among you experiencing difficulty, danger, worry, concern, anguish, distress, affliction? And we can go on with suffering. The, the, the thing about suffering is that suffering in one sense is a fruit of the spirit. It's not just suffering, it's long suffering. So based upon that, we know some sufferings are divine. God allows us to go through suffering. But divine suffering Leads to reward. Paul told Peter. If you endure. Or suffer with Christ. You will also. Reign with him. So divine suffering. Leads to prosperity. Yeah. And we're going to suffer. Again because we, we know we're going to suffer. If, if a fruit of the spirit. Is suffering. How are you going to avoid Suffering if you have the fruit of the spirit. You're going to go through some suffering. You don't, have, you don't have to go through some kind of trouble. You can't pray trouble away. You just have to learn how to deal with it according to the word. But some trouble, some suffering is because of our bad choices. I have suffered and it wasn't nobody's fault but mine. And Holy Spirit told me to go to a scripture that, that I want to show you why a woman suffered. Let's go to the book of uh, Mark. Book of Mark. Chapter 5. Verses 25 and 26. Mark 5, 25, 26. Now, a certain woman had a 
flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered. Notice many things. And notice from who? Many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no, but grew. She kept suffering because she kept choosing to deal with folk that wasn't making her better. Notice it said many physicians. Seemed like after two or three she should have knew that, look, my, my healing ain't going to be with these doctors. She didn't even learn that lesson. She didn't learn it because the only reason she ended up going to Jesus is when she went broke. When she ran out of money, then she started hearing the word and then she decided to go to Jesus. If somebody is not making you better but causing you to suffer time and time again, you need to cut that person loose. I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I'm not going to be giving somebody my money. And they making me worse. I got to move on. But say to your neighbor, you can do bad. Finish it. Say it to one more person. You can do bad. I'm going to pay you to make me suffer. This is in the Bible for a reason. She was suffering because of bad choices. It's people that suffer financially because of bad choices. You can't pray and ask God to bless you you, and you work and you ain't giving him his tithe. That's crazy. You can't do that. Say to your neighbor, that ain't right. right. Say to another neighbor, that ain't right. right. Don't suffer because of your bad choices. Whether it's financial, emotional, and so forth. You know how important it is to hear the word, but you won't press your way to hear it. It's your fault. There are going to be times to where you may not be able, but, but cut, the, cut the TV, internet, or something on so you can hear the word from your pastor, not from just somebody who ain't anointed. I don't know about you. I have to have an anointed. I have to have a word that has my rank. I ain't got time to play with the word. Say to your name, I need a right now word that's tailored just for me. Gotta have a raiment. And so she made bad choices the reason she suffered. Now, now, the wonderful thing about God, God, God knows that we make bad choices that cause us to suffer, but he's still willing to help us. 
If I, if I go on to talk about the woman when she heard about Jesus, her faith went to a level that was incredible. And she said, if I just go up there and touch your clothes, I'm going to be healed. Isn't it sad if she would have been attending church sooner, she could have saved some money. Took her losing everything before she recognized Jesus was her answer, her remedy. I'm closing. Let me, let me close. But, but consider this right here. James said, if you're suffering, you need to pray. Time for you to ask God for some help. And see, all of us have, have experienced this right here. You ask God, and, and it seems like you don't get no answer. I said you ask him and it seemed like you don't get no answer. God will allow you to come before him and, and he'll just not say anything but just watch you. I love how, how Jesus took the time uh, in Luke, the 18th chapter, to explain to us why, he, why the Lord is like that. You remember Luke 18? I'm not going there, but Luke 18 and 1, he said, uh, well, the scripture talks about how he spoke a parable, and he gave the conclusion or the point of the parable in the beginning. The parable simply meant, Men should always pray and not lose heart. Don't give up. Don't give up. When you pray, but it seems like God ain't here, don't give up. Bottom line about prayer is don't give up. Say to your neighbor, the bottom line about prayer. You don't give up. Who said that? Jesus. Men are always to what? And not lose heart. Don't you give up. Don't seem like God hear me, but don't you give up. Don't give up. No, it don't matter what it seems like. You human, you, what, you, what you think it is may not be because you're not omniscient. You just go by what he said. Ask and it shall be what? Ask and it shall be what? Well, he said ask and it shall be given, so I know. But now you got to have confidence got to have confidence let me let me show you this real quick let's go to uh let's see let's go to first john i think that's a good one let's go to first john chapter five. First john chapter five let's go let's go there y'all stay with me i'm almost done lord have mercy i'm almost done first john five and we're gonna start at verse 14 now this is this is what uh john said this is a confidence, got to have confidence in God. This is a confidence that we have in God, that if we ask or pray anything, get this, according to his will. He what? He may not tell you he hear you. But he hears you. 
When you ask him something according to his will, he hear you. He hear you. Now, now he ain't going to listen to your foolishness. But if you ask according to, your, to his will, he hear you. That's when you got to have scripture. Or you got to have revelation in you. What, what, the Lord, Lord, you know, pastor, he preached such and such. And he based it on such and such. Guess what? He listening to you. Look at the verse. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he what? And, and, and get this. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. You got to pray and know God going to do it. Don't think you got to have a special type faith. You just got to have faith based upon the word. Faith comes by and hearing by what? You just got to have faith that God going to do what he said, whether written or revealed. He said, with his stripes, I'm healed. I'm just holding on to that. He let us know through, through the woman that, that's, that asked him for a healing and, and was willing to take the crumbs that healing is the children's bread. I'm just believing him for my healing. You got to have confidence. And never think your confidence is not going to be challenged. It's going to be challenged, but you got to hold on to your, to your confidence. You're going to be talked about, laughed at, and such. But you got to hold on to your, your confidence. That's the reason the Hebrew writer said, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great reward. That means it's going to cause something to happen. You're going to get something for your confidence. A reward is something somebody gives you. You keep your confidence, God going to give you something. And, and, and we don't even have to ask for Willie Gill. We already know God will bless you. Won't he bless you? Yeah. Woo, testify to somebody, God will bless you. You can look at me. I am a blessing from God. Say to your neighbor boldly, I am a blessing from God. My last scripture, let's go to the book of uh, Psalm. Lord have mercy. You ain't got it by now, you ain't going to get it. Or you don't want it. Go with me to Psalm 30. Psalm 30. And I want to consider the testimony of David that's based upon James 5 and 13. We're going to see. Before James even penned it, that it was so. James, I mean, well, Psalm 30. We'll start at verse 1. Y'all ready? David said, I will extol the praise you. Oh, Lord, for you, look at this testimony, have lifted me Talk to us, David, and have not let my foes or enemies rejoice over me. Is some folk like to see you down? I said, is some folk like to see you down? But 
but, but the Lord ain't going to let his child stay down. Woo! David said he lifted me up. Then he, then he goes on in verse 2 to say, Oh Lord my God, I cried out to you. And you healed me. Good God from Zion. Y'all ought to say that with me. Good God from Zion. Look at what he said again. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried. I prayed out. And you healed me. Testify, David. You brought my soul up from the grave. Now, understand something. He was in a state where he was about to die. Now notice he goes into detail. He, he told us earlier that God had to lift him up, but now he goes into more detail. Death was upon him. This brother Newell's testimony. Oh Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit of the grave. Lord, they said it was my time, but you knew it wasn't my time to go to the hole or to the pit. You brought me up. Say to your neighbor, truly, our God is a remedy for suffering. I'm done. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Uh